Blog Talk Radio. topic for this evening, or the day, depending on when you're listening. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together today, Lord God. We thank you for your word. Thank you for truth that sets people free. Thank you for the opportunity to explore this very important topic tonight. We just pray that everything will just be led by your spirit as uh, Marjorie and I interact And, uh, Lord, we pray for all those who are tuning in, uh, listening live, or who may be listening to the archive. We pray that these truths will just be helpful in strengthening us to serve you with greater effectiveness. We ask this, Father, now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, Margie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We missed you last week. Yes, yes. I was out and about. But yeah. It's uh, good to be back with you. Yeah, and we have a an amazing topic here tonight, mm-hmm. and it's one that is um, addressed from various standpoints. And the topic is who is the devil? Who is the devil? So let's right start off. How would you uh, define the devil? Well, <laughs> the devil has many names. Let me tell you. Uh, and he's known for the things that he does. But in Greek, um, the word Satan comes from the Greek word Satanas, which means, of course, Satan. Uh, but the definition of Satanas is, means an adversary, one who lies in wait for another or sets himself in opposition to another. So that's very, um, very appropriate for what exactly the devil does. He's an adversary. Um, he sets us up in opposition to ourselves. He lies in wait for one another. He sets up um, ambushments on the road, if you will. Another word for the word for the devil is actually also a Greek word. It's diablos, which means slanderer, one who accuses another. Um, So Satan is a slanderer. He's an accuser and he's an adversary. These are different, a little bit different uh, elements of the same. Mm -hmm. um, Adversary and accuser. Right. He's the accuser of the brethren. I think a lot of times people don't realize how busy the enemy is accusing us uh, a night and day before God, looking and and taking his magnifying glass to look over our lives to find some little speck that he can accuse us of doing something wrong or feeling bad or guilty about what we've done. And then, of course, he brings his judgments on us. Well, uh, let me just, I don't want to veer off what we're talking about here. What about uh, conscience? Does he, you know, there's conscience that's a kind of a, (laughs) <laughs> built-in sense of right and wrong that we well, have here. How does he, does he mess around with our conscience, or how do we know it's just our conscience talking to us, or or the devil? You are really us? veering off of the. But that's that's a good question, though. Um, 
uh, people, I think the conscience are being aware of the right and wrong, good and evil, the sensitivities that they are, are given to us by God in our spirit um, okay. so that we're aware. Uh, we just kind of know. We know when we're doing something wrong, so to speak, unless, of course, our consciences have been seared. And sometimes that happens when we're raised in environments where we aren't taught properly and things are taught to us that are not wrong, that we are told are wrong or vice versa. Um, like, for example, in some cultures, it's uh, a virtue to be treacherous. And those little kids grow up thinking treachery is a virtue. And uh, and I grew up in a culture where eating meat on Friday was a mortal sin. So it depends on how you're raised. But going back to the conscience then that can be seared or programmed or might or used as, as an instrument, the enemy can use it to bring us into a place of condemnation. Mm-hmm. Um you know, my conscience is bothering me, or Paul talked about having a clear conscience. Um, but again, going back to uh, just kind of a who is the devil, that's one of the things he does. But a couple of more names for the devil, and he's got many, by the way, just besides now what? A satanist, adversary, diablo, slanderer, accuser. Also, Lucifer, that was his original name. Uh, we get, we'll talk about more about Lucifer, where he got that name and what that means in a little bit. Apollyon, Abaddon, Belial, Beelzebub, the accuser, the god of this world, the tempter, the angel of light, the prince of the power of the air, the evil one. That's uh, how Jesus referred to him in the Our Father. Uh, the prince of darkness. These are all give somewhat descriptive of what he does um, and um, what he's about. It's just just for a moment. Uh, his title as the God of this world. That's a small g. Mm-hmm. Now, we, there's a distinction then between God, the one true living God who mm-hmm. is the ruler mm-hmm. of all the universe, yeah. but the small g-o-d is the God of this world. And in a sense, what, what, what is he talking about? Are we talking about the world? Well, is it the, the, world, the world system? The, yes, the world system, the, ah. the, the world as we see it. Now, even Jesus referred to that, I think, in... Um, in uh, John, where he, he was getting ready to go to the cross, and he says, um, the prince of this world is coming, and he has nothing on me. So, And in the temptations, Jesus was also tempted by the enemy to fall down and worship him, and, and Satan said, I will give you all these kingdoms. So Satan had gotten those kingdoms, you know, uh, on a technicality. He had won them on a technicality that was uh, because Adam and Eve had listened to him. So uh, he is temporarily the one who runs and rules. And and he also then, because he's the ruler of this world, he can dish out rewards uh, and gifts and bribes to whoever he wants to. And he does that a lot to keep certain people following him with false promises. And he actually uses a lot of human beings to set up and establish and run his kingdom. So God rewards his servants, and, the, and Satan rewards his servants as well. And But God oftentimes rewards his servants with a little more uh, persecution. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> Testing that's of it. our faith, you know. Right, right. Now, the, Which doesn't seem pleasant for the moment, by Right, the way. right. Now, uh, come on, some people listening to us may say, now, what, the devil? I mean, is the devil real? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, is it just, is this is this some medieval kind of, notion mm-hmm. where we've um, personified um, uh, evil or developed myths. You know, a lot of people can say, hey, well, the devil, I mean, come on. I mean, this is, uh, mm-hmm. 
2014, what, what are we doing talking about the devil? Well, actually, the devil has as much airtime now as he ever has had, um, especially in the the movies, the myths, the uh, the games, the video games. But he's always portrayed in in other in his. He's got many forms. He comes in many forms. He can be the the I don't know the the hero of the bad game or whatever. But anyway. Uh, the devil is real, although people don't believe it. Sometimes people, you know, think, well, it's going to be what I say it is. And back in 2000, that was 14 years ago, George Barna did a poll back then already. 60% of the uh, non-believers or the unchurched un- non-believers, Christian Americans, did not believe that the devil was real. <clears throat> they thought he was a symbol of evil. And 45% of, of professing Christians already back then did not believe the devil was real. I don't know if those figures are so accurate for today. Um, I think that they they probably would have changed. But it's, um, you know, the Hollywood, uh, uh, the, the horror movies, um, Halloween, um, I, you know, there's, he's the, if, if he is, as they say, the symbol of evil, my question is, well, what's evil then? Where mm-hmm. does evil come from? Mm-hmm. Um, does God have a, a dark side and a light side? That's what a lot of people think. They think God plays both sides, but w- which is really kind of insane and pointless. It's just like people who try to, um, it'd be like the farmer who plants his field in the morning and digs it up in the afternoon and thinks he's going to get a crop. It just doesn't make sense for God to play both well, good and it, evil. It, could it be, could it be just people doing naughty things? Uh, that's what a lot of people think, and the devil wants you to think that he, of course, does not want you to think he's real or he's behind any of these plots. Of course he wants us to think, it's it's me, it's my fault, it's my flesh, it's I'm bad, um, I've got to do better, try harder, because we're built by God, of course, to love righteousness and truth and goodness and, and holiness. And when we are um, set up, uh, tempted, if you will, tempted is really, we're, we're um, propositioned, if you will, by the enemy, like like Eve was, proposition to believe a lie when the devil comes very subtly and says, did God say? I mean, he doesn't say, God didn't say. He says, did God say? Are you sure? Didn't he say you could eat all of, from all the trees of the garden? Well, yes, he did, except for the one. But he's trying to push, he's just like a very slick salesman. He's trying to um, persuade someone to believe a lie. And then when they believe that lie, then he moves in for the, you know, the the the, the act. First, you're tempted, and then there's the intention to act on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I, and, and again, um, like, is the devil real? The most, I mean, uh, if you look at Hollywood, if you look at, uh, well, some of the horror movies that I won't even watch, the, the portrayal of the devil is very inaccurate. Um, some people believe he is, some people believe he's a figment of the imagination. Um, they're basically getting, we're getting more desensitized. Back in the medieval days, as you were saying, People were respectful. I mean, they didn't mess with this unless they intentionally messed with it, like the Druids. Uh, they knew where they got their power from, the uh, the Mayans. They knew, I believe, that they were worshiping the devil, calling on his power, seeking more power from him, offering blood, those sorts of things. And so they were very intentional in their activities, as many are today, uh, the Satanists, the Satan worshipers, many, very intentional. You mentioned the Druids, you know, as the we, Druids, appro- yeah. we approach that... Uh, Halloween time, uh, we have to recognize that the Druids, there's there's the origins of Halloween. There's nothing good about it. Or, or happy. 
nothing. There's no such thing as happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's hellish Halloween because hellish, it was yeah. conceived in hell, a celebration of the dead, and um, you know uh, all kinds of uh, satanic activity that mm-hmm. surrounds that originated with that. Today we celebrate. I believe it's the second most celebrated holiday mm-hmm. in in America right now, mm-hmm. next to uh, Christmas. Well, Halloween came out of origins of fear and threats. Mm-hmm. Um, trick or treat was basically the Druids or the, the priests of that day, the priests of, the, uh, of Satan, uh, threatening the people that if you do not treat us, give us your, your, your produce, your, your chicken, your whatever they wanted, we will curse you. We will put a tri- we'll do a trick and put a curse on you. And so the people were actually giving treats or gifts under the counsel of fear rather than because of it was an act of, you know, like at Christmas time we do the gifts thing, but that's because we really want to, not because we're afraid. Um, and that we can talk about it some other time. But so it comes out of fear. Now, uh, it's all dressed up. Notice it is literally dressed up with, with costumes and things that actually uh, agree with or come into agreement, acknowledge, acclaim this type of you know character a witch a, a bat a uh, 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 you know a, 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 a zombie whatever yeah. and there's so many people nowadays that don't realize but when you are participating wearing those kind of clothes dressing up like that participating in that holiday you're actually coming into agreement even though you may think you're having just some simple fun and it's fun for the kids it's well, not it's it's sugar it's a it's a treat it's baiting the children to be participating in something that's very uh, diabolical, and you know, I guess I would ask you. Well, Jesus obviously is everywhere. Jesus is going to go with your children if they're going to go trick or treating. But what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Would he go trick or t- treating on the devil's holiday uh, to get some candy mm-hmm. when candy is really not that good for you anyway? But anyway, that's um, that's my thought on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And so, a lot of times, people too. I, just a, another thought. People don't know how to handle Halloween because oh, do we answer the doorbell? Do we send our kids we keep our kids home do we go to the church harvest party instead we have a substitute what do we do well you just have to seek the lord on that i think you take opportunity um advantage of the opportunity if there's people coming to your door um you know with the candy if you're going to give them the candy give them a track to go with it or give them a you know something like that or if you're i definitely would not send my kids out uh but if you're going to you know turn your light on turn your light off if you're going to you, you could spend the evening just praying for them as well. I mean, it's just there's a lot of powerful, positive things we can yeah, do about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk I hear, too, today about karma. I mean, I, I'm not oh. talking about, like, um, you know, just practicing Hindus or anything like that, but mm-hmm. good karma, bad karma. Mm-hmm. And how does this how does this relate? I mean, I I just hear regular, just regular folks Talking about talking karma. Talking about karma. Mm, it's kind karma. of a kind of a buzzword. Bad karma is. I mean, is it, you know some people attribute what's going on, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, evil exactly. to uh, bad karma. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to have you think about that for just a second, okay? And and, uh, and give us a response. Uh, we uh, we like our listeners to call in. Please call in. We have a number three four seven. Two one five eight zero five one again three four seven two one five eight zero five one. Give us a call with a comment or question. Be happy to uh, hear what you have to say. So well, yes, uh, that's a good question. Um, 
Where'd you get all these good questions? I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, there, the world, the, you know, there are many uh, ways we define or explain, I guess, is, explain evil or explain what's going on without using the actual concept of demon, Satan, devil. Uh, some of the world views are he's a myth, like you said, a force. Uh, he's a figment of the imagination. Um, he is, uh, but but if we can't, we have to explain that the, the the force behind the evil behind the tragedy that we're seeing all over the world. Some people say, "Well, it's just that was just a bad accident. That was just um, fate. That was bad luck. That was uh, it just happened, or it was a ghost, or uh, like you said, bad karma, or don't be superstitious." A lot of people believe karma is actually. It's the it's a very legalistic way to control your good favor by you be good, do good, and then you you plant good, you pick good, and that's partly true. But you you many times we don't realize that um, they're trying to control their lives, their what happens in their world by being good, uh, by doing good, and and sometimes that is you know, and then when it doesn't work, well, what can you say? Well, it just must have been bad karma. Uh, you know, there must be something going on. Something that you did wrong yeah, to yeah. bring this stuff on. <clears throat> right. I'm sure Job's friends could have said it was just bad karma, bad Job. Karma. You just, you just yeah. weren't, you weren't being good enough. But actually, Job was better probably than they were in all well, the things he had done. In a sense, that was what they were saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were saying. They were saying. But that's why we try to explain evil without putting a person behind it. With, with you know, Satan is a demonic intelligence, and we'll see as we go on. Um, uh, how do, how that all comes well, to be? Yeah, you know, you have to look at uh, an intelligent design. You have to look to intelligent design For evil to explain creation, all yeah. of creation. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at an intelligent uh, entity, if you please, to explain the, uh, the existence and the multiplication and the many, many forms of evil that we see in our right. world. Because when God was running the show completely and he put Adam and Eve in charge of the garden and the devil had not yet shown up, there was no destruction. There was no decay. There was no uh, evil. There was nothing bad. They had good days all the time. Every day was a good day, a great day. And at the end of the day, they walked with God. But so the evil did not show up until this personality this uh, a divine, uh, a demonically demi- he, was, he had created, been created by God, actually. Right, and then there was. But then he fell. fell and, yeah. And, fell. Mm-hmm. and so that, in a, in a sense, what happened is that he his influence came upon mankind. Back to Adam and Eve. His influence was there. Right. Everything got changed around in the garden. Everything switched around. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was opened up, and so evil then. Though it was encased in that tree, it had not been agreed with until that that fruit was eaten, and then it was there was an agreement made with we want to know what is on that tree. That means good and evil. So then, the bulk of humanity all through the ages have only known has good and yielded evil. Mm-hmm. to that influence right. of the enemy. Now, what about you know the what is the uh, realm of this evil? Do you? Do you uh, believe, that, uh, Marjorie, that um, is this evil on the outside trying to get in, mm-hmm. or is it actually living in the midst of our our Well, being, our absolutely, absolutely. He's living in the midst of us, and more in the midst of us than we can imagine, I believe, in the very inner being, not necessarily in our spirit, but he actually you know, tempts us. 
to believe lies. And where does he do that? We don't get tempted, you know. I mean, it's in our mind, in our brain, in our head, which is, you know, in our body. So he's obviously somehow got some access to get into our thinking, get into our feeling, get into a place where he can influence us. So he is not only in the midst of us in the crowd, he's also in the midst of us in our own temple. And that's where the temptations begin. But, um, you know, I think one of the ways he is so, he, he, one of the, he conceals or, or camouflages himself uh, by becoming so familiar that we don't see him. And so you can't see the forest for the trees. He's so familiar. Um, and, and we see, we, the more we see him acting out and acting in the midst of us, the less shocked we are because he, he, we're used to it. It's just, oh, it is what it is. You know, we don't say, oh my, that was just, that was the devil. We just did. Nobody comes out on the news and says, well, the devil just did this and that. And I mean, it's uh-huh. all, you know, there's all somebody to blame, but nobody usually blames the devil. They'll blame God before they'll ever blame the devil. And that's not just on the news. That's in our own. Because the enemy's out there trying to push, push that agenda. Right, right. That I did something bad, God's mad at me, or it was my fault, I should have known better, blah, blah, blah. Well, what about people that, you know, use this excuse, even very flippantly, saying, well, the devil made me do it. What about that? Well, the devil cannot make you do anything, thank God, because if he could make us do anything, he would already have done that, and we'd be just dead in hell. However, he he has enslaved us under the, you know, the, 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 um, the sin, the mandate of sin. We all become enslaved by the devil. And, and, and those people belong to the devil that are not yet saved. Um, that doesn't mean they can't get saved, but it means that they're um, they're to, they're prone to do his will. They're programmed. They're controlled. But people who are who've stepped out of his kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, and the way we get out is through the translation. Through you know, uh, uh, our citizenship is transferred to the kingdom of God. Then through the blood of Jesus, believing in him, then we are actually at that point free to not choose the devil. We're free to believe God, and and and, and a lot of very good people. They're very good people. They don't like to do bad things. They maybe don't know Jesus yet, but they're still not free. So as a believer, we have the ability, the imparted ability from God to say no to the temptations. Yes, if we realize, however. To say no to the devil. Yes, but we don't, number one, recognize it's the devil. And number two, we don't recognize it's a temptation. Because he's cou- he's couched those temptations in our own personal thoughts. So this devil doesn't come to us and say, okay, all right, for the next 20 seconds you're going to be tempted. I'm here to tempt you. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work like that. No, no, no. It comes as I am. I'm afraid. I'm no good. I should have known better. I don't know what's wrong with me. Those kinds of thoughts that come up out of our you know, out of our mind uh, and, and begin to present themselves into our, in our soul as a, as a thought that we begin to are uh, pressured to act on. I should have known better next time I need to. I've got to try harder. All these things are pushing us into a bottom line of stress. So he is impressing his thoughts yeah. upon our minds. Right. And we, we see often, and we don't see, we don't distinguish uh, between, you know, is that, where does that thought, is that thought coming from me? Is it coming from Satan? So what happens, We uh, aren't we in, in kind of tough shape if we do not recognize mm-hmm. that that thought did not come from God? You know? Well, here's the problem. 
there are only two kingdoms, really. Seriously, you have to you have to resolve that in your heart. Two kingdoms. Two kingdoms. And as we're going back to the devil cannot cannot make me do anything, and God will not make me do anything. God will not force you. He he has given us a free will, and he and with that free will, many times we are being deceived, tricked by the devil to use that free will to make a bad choice because we believed a lie and we thought the choice we were going to make, the thought we were believing, uh, was okay. For example, um, you know, for example, a little kid, you know, looking at the cookie jar, it's ten minutes to suck to six. It's supper time. Mom says, "Don't eat the cookie." Mom steps out of the kitchen. The little boy says, "Oh, it's no big deal. Mom doesn't really care. She won't really know." I'm really hungry. I really want that cookie, and it's okay. So he's all those thoughts have gone through his head, and he doesn't even realize that he doesn't realize that those thoughts were not even his thoughts. Those were thoughts, and we wanted to get him to think he was thinking so that he would jump into, walk into, step into, take the bait of taking that cookie, and then the enemy would come back and say, you little thief, you're a thief, you're, you're bad, you're a bad boy. Because we have a conscience, we have a moral sense of right and wrong. So the devil just draws us into the snare, and then he beats us up, and we never even knew he was there. Okay, Could you? what are some of those thoughts we have uh, what 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 are some of just give us some examples of some of the thoughts. I mean, you, you touched you mentioned a couple of them. Well, I'll tell you, there's hardly hardly no thoughts. Endless. There are hardly no thoughts that you have that aren't his. Let's put it that way. It's it's easier just to, to ask what thoughts are from God. Can I can I for okay. example, we have we have our soul, which is made up of our mind, will, and emotions, and with our mind we think, and with our heart we feel. So I, the, my thinking and my feeling comes out of my soul. And I can tell if I'm using my soul as the software that I'm using at that moment to navigate or make a decision, navigate through life or make a decision by hearing my mouth say, I think or I feel. When I think and feel, I am using my soul software. If I hear myself saying, I know, or it's going to be all right, or I know Jesus is with me, or, or quoting some word, some part of the word of God, that's from the Holy Spirit. But mm. most of the time, I would say for most people who are even believers, 90 7% of what's going through their mind is what they're acting on, and they're, they're trying to figure out and take charge and fix it, and all that stuff is none of their business and not their problem, because what is the, it reduces down to what? How do you know which kingdom, heaven or hell? There is not a kingdom of me. You know, I, people say, well, it's my fault. It was my flesh. I need, it, I need to get more disciplined. I need to blah, blah, blah. I need to, need to, need to. Where's I need to from? Well, you don't know. You say, well, who's talking to me i need to where are you from heaven or hell well jesus said by their fruits you shall know them so reduce need to i need to i got to if i got to then what happens if i don't if i need to then i don't know how to if i don't know how to then what's going to happen oh no i'm worried i'm in i'm in trouble i've got to figure it out what that all reduces down to what stress stress anxiety depression yeah that de- depression actually is to, is is being torn on the or pulled on the torture rack between I've got to and I can't. Anxiety is I've got to do something and pulled in the other direction by confusion. I don't know what to do. So you're anxious. So you're stuck. So you're you're you know you're short circuiting, uh, blowing the, the the circuit because you don't know what to do. So and depression is is the the solving that irresolvable conflict which never gets resolved. So you're exhausted. Depression is exhaustion. So you're just being batted around by the liars who come through your mind and your soul, your, your emotions, and they are setting up a debate 
with the spirit, with your spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes, it does. So, okay, so when we go into this place where we're being tormented by uh, trying to discern and notice how this begins to this begins to happen, that you, you get t- tied up with, what am I going to do? You get into that place of stress. Then what happens? Well, you get into that place of stress, and then you just, you know, you, you, you find a way, try to find a way to deal with the stress. Mm-hmm. To say, okay, what do I need? Uh, oh, maybe I just need to um, uh, kick back. Try harder. Wall, try harder. Or yeah. mm-hmm. maybe I just need some chocolate, or maybe I need some, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need a drink, An or I need, I need a cigarette. Day off. Yeah. I need a good movie or something like that. Yeah. Well, and, and again, that's because we, we're exhausted, we're tired, and we don't know what to do. So we, we try harder, and I think trying harder is one of the... Because we hate not being perfect. We hate being um, wrong. That's another thing. I've got to be right, because if I'm not right, I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, then I'm not right. And if I'm not right, I'm not okay. So we're just... It's all about I've got to be right. I've got to be... You know, it's, it's up to me. So anyway, that's kind of where the devil drags us. It's well, another thing, this, what we're talking about here is if we've got a, uh, a constant um, influence, constant a trail of the enemy's thoughts mm-hmm. running through our minds mm-hmm. day after day, mm-hmm. uh, even to Christians, is this is this oh, possible yeah. oh, that, yeah. that as believers, true believers and born again believers mm-hmm. in Jesus, that we can have the power of the enemy, um, the lies of the enemy, the programming of the enemy just running through our minds mm-hmm. more so than uh, the influence of God. Oh, absolutely, and that's why Paul says in Romans eight. Um, to, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. That flesh he's referring to is that soul software that's been or that been programmed in us by the lies of Satan, which have come through our experiences and through what we've learned and believed to be true, and through the experiences of the uh, of our generations, those now, agreements they've made. Now here's here's the deal: how can believers function well for the Lord? You know, we're we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yes. So our pri- as believers, uh, 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 well, you, one can of I the just... primary definitions of a believer mm-hmm. is someone who is primarily under the influence of God and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and then and then as we study and grow in the Word of God, mm-hmm. if we've got more uh, of the devil's lies floating through us that mm-hmm. we don't even recognize, then what we have mm-hmm. of the truth of the Word of God is going mixed. through us, is we are in a mess. Yeah, we're mixed. It's a mixed mess, and that's oh, uh, the mixing and mingling of truth and error. That's one of the, the judgments or confusions that the devil hopes to bring upon us. Now, even Jesus in the Our Father said, deliver us, uh, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil, evil one. one. And he was talking about that. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jesus had a lot of encounters with the devil, and um, his, so did his disciples. So you're not immune just because you're a believer. So just forget that. You're not immune until you are safe and sound in heaven with Jesus, and then you can not worry about it anymore. So the devil doesn't come up to us and say, you know, um, 
I'm really bad. I'm going to have you mm-hmm. do something really horrible and gross. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you come along with me? Is that how no, he No, absolutely. Uh, do you think, well, do you, it's like fishing. Do you think if you put a, an old rusty nail on the hook, uh, do you think that fish is going to come along with you? Uh, probably not. No. The fish is looking for something very specific, and Satan knows exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for righteousness and justice. We're looking for love. We're looking for appreciation. We're looking for uh, uh, to be known. And so he sets the hook with what, what looks like love or what looks like um, goodness or what looks like uh, the right thing. He is, you know, and so most people are believing, they're, they're actually sinning, believing a partial truth. The devil is a truth teller. I mean, he's not, he doesn't tell all truth, but he's, a good, he's good at using truth to tell a lie. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just like he's cooking up his steak and dropping a few drops of arsenic on it and giving mm-hmm. it to you now. Oh, he's poisoning you. Isn't that... Isn't there a scripture that tells you about that uh, he's like an angel? Of oh light? yeah, absolutely, and that's or a that's one an angel of light. that's one a lot of Christians don't know about and they don't talk about much and they haven't heard many sermons on it. It's Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse thirteen and fourteen. But in that uh, dissertation, in that part where Paul is talking in that chapter, he starts out that chapter by saying um, he's he's fearful lest the, uh, Satan would be, bewitch them or beguile them as he had even taken away from them the simplicity of the gospel, um, it starts out, Oh, that you would bear with me a little in my folly. Indeed, you who bear with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that you may present yourselves as a chaste virgin to Christ. He's saying, look, you're married to Christ. Why are you hanging around, sleeping around with the devil? Um, But I fear lest some of that, as the serpent deceived Eve, still, serpent still deceiving, um, by his craftiness, so your minds may, may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So there is a simplicity. What the devil tries to do is make everything about God's word very complicated. Mm. And so he comes in verse 13 and 14 of that same chapter. And such are false apostles. Jesus talked about the, um, the wolves that would come in sheep's clothing. So did Paul. Deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So Satan is coming looking like an apostle. He's looking like a shepherd uh, no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself as an angel of light. Well, he was Lucifer, the light bearer. He still has some of that uh, identity. Dazzle. Some, dazzle, razzle, dazzle. <laughs> yeah. Dazzle. And yeah. therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also will be transformed uh, into ministers of righteousness whose end is according to their works. So in the end, the fruit or the works will uh, cause you to be able to discern what's really going on. But and that's what Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them by the end, by the ultimate work. So so if he's transformed as an angel of light, does this mean that he has a lot of influence in the professing church? Oh, Jesus? my goodness. Um, you know he does. As a matter of fact, right now, the church of Jesus Christ is in severe judgment. The apostasy is here. It's been here for a while. It's gotten, I don't know if it's reached its apex yet, but... It says judgment begins at the house of God. And if your church is in a place right now where it's all getting all messed up and splitting and people are getting confused and mad and there's Jezebels running around and angels of light, you know, speaking here and there and false prophecies and getting all screwed up and twisted up and you don't know what's going on. Your church is in a place of judgment because God is going to expose all of this stuff. Now, what are you going to do about it? Well, you seek the Lord about it, first of all, and he may direct you very clearly on what he wants you to do. And if if you are, uh, if a person is not uh, well-versed 
no pun intended, mm-hmm. yeah. in, the in the verse, <laughs> in the scripture. Yeah. I mean, uh, there is a great uh, biblical ignorance today mm-hmm. among uh, Christians, and so this is why these angels of light ministers. Mm-hmm. I'm talking there too about pastors, teachers, right? Uh, you just television think, yeah. evangelists. Many, many, many. Uh, there are many great ones, but there are many uh, that are very, very deceptive. That it seems like it's so good. It sounds so right. Mm-hmm. It sounds so good, just like the, the word the of a serpent Piper. to yeah. Eve. Yeah. You know, oh my, it's going to make well, me wise. It's going to help it, it, me Part prosper. of that scripture, you know, of the uh, the and the, the apostasy is actually in Second. At Thessalonians, um, it says, let no one deceive you in chapter 2, verse 3. Uh, for, by any means, for that day, obviously the day of judgment, will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Then he goes on to say, um, you know, obviously that day, the apostasy and that day are connected. The, that apostasy precedes the day of judgment. So we're coming on into that. But this, uh, and before that, we're going to see people who, uh, are caught up in that mystery of lawlessness, or in the King James, in verse 7, the mystery of iniquity, is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way, and I believe that's the restraining forces of God's Holy Spirit and in and through his people, his word. But the lawless one, that this mystery of lawlessness, I think part of it is that lying deception, angel of light, uh, the cunning uh, that the wiles of Satan that's, that he uses to allure, to seduce, to deceive. Um, the spirit of divination is one of those spirits. Mm. Very interesting spirit in uh, Acts 16, 16. That spirit of divination uh, was caught up in the in uh, following Paul and Silas around in their um, in their meetings. And in the in the daytime, she was following, saying, "These are the men of the Most High God who bring us the way of salvation." And in the evening, or whenever, and the weekends for sure. She was out doing her um, her witchcraft, mm-hmm. uh, her fortune telling, and because divination is a difficult spirit, because it's very it's part of it is part of the Jezebel witchcraft deal. It looks like one thing, and it's really something totally different. It is not what it appears to be. And if you're looking at appearances or trying to judge something by appearance instead of by fruit, you're going to be deceived by well, it's not that bad. It looks okay. Uh, so divination is essentially false prophecy. Well, yeah, see, she was mm-hmm. proclaiming the truth. It looked like the truth. She was saying, these are the men of the that's Most right. High God. Was, and that's true. There's nothing wrong true. with that, yeah. But it was the spirit by which she was Well, the, it was the fruit of it. The fruit was confusion uh, because, yes. because um, you know, these people were following Paul around, and they knew she was a fortune teller, so they're saying, well, is Paul a fortune teller? Is Paul endorsing this, you know, psychic activity? Um, it's like I, I couldn't understand it myself except... The Lord showed me, he says, well, would you like it if the chief psychics of your city would begin to pass out your business cards? What would they think of you if they, if they got that card from who they know to be one of the chief psychics in the city? They would, they would, you know, they'd see and think I am with them. And so that's what I believe was happening and why the confusion was there. And that's why it's so deadly, because it's hard to refute. What, what could you say? What, what could you find wrong with what she was saying? Nothing. So therefore, it's very hard to nail it or pin it down because yeah. you can't actually. You have to wait till the fruit comes. I want to read the words of Jesus in Luke twenty-one, verse eight. 
And he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived, yeah. for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. Now, Christ means an anointed one. Yeah. I am an anointed one. Mm-hmm. And in the time draweth near, go ye not therefore after them. Don't follow yes. that influence. Well, or that seems like, like you're saying, they, uh, this this uh, uh, Antichrist, really mm-hmm, what we're mm-hmm. talking about, yeah. is uh, he's coming across with all power, yes. signs, lying wonders, mm-hmm. uh, unrighteous uh, yes. deception. Uh, so, and, and here he says, don't, they'll come in, in my name, in the right. name of Jesus. That was the... Critical sign. I am an anointed one. Yeah. Uh, and now there is a there is a false anointing. There's a demonic anointing. A which demonic is the wisdom as well. Of, yeah. There's a false anointing. I mean, there's really a uh, Satan has a false. He has a counterfeit root for everything that God has that's real. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And so when he is presenting his lying signs and wonders, we know that Jesus Christ's word. His gospel was con- confirmed with the sign, uh, you know, signs from God, con- confirmed with miracles and signs and wonders from God. But the lying signs, he say, Satan takes these these ooh and ah and razzle dazzle moments to convince people of something they want to believe, but they know in their spirit it's not genuine. Uh, it's the imitation. It's the false. And here it says in Seth, uh, Thessalonians chapter two, it goes on to say, uh, after these. Uh, verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, as you read, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So the perishing was coming out of uh, not loving the truth. They didn't want, they, they had already been given an opportunity to believe the truth, to follow the truth, and they rejected it, and that just secured their agreements with the enemy even more. Okay. Uh, so God let, had to turn them off. For this reason, God will send them, or permit, I believe, send them a strong delusion. God is not a liar that he should lie. He does not tempt anybody. He cannot be tempted with evil, but he will permit the enemy to tempt those who have listened to him because of the rule. There's one rule in the spiritual warfare, the war between God and Satan, and the rule is simply Romans 6.16, or what Jesus said, he who commits sin is the slave of sin, um, if you yield to that, uh, a lie, that agreement, you p- commit that, you become a slave or enslaved by it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the devil has you. Therefore, he can run his programs in you because you've just signed it over to him. He promises freedom, but he brings slavery and bondage and destruction. All the time. Uh, all the time. So now we, we, we've looked at some of the scriptures. What about some more uh, additional scriptures uh, I'm wondering about what the Bible, what does the Bible teach us on the existence and reality of Well, the Bible, especially the Gospels, I mean, the whole Bible, you can find it everywhere. You can find it even in the beginning in the book of, well, the the serpent, he showed up as the serpent. Uh, Then then the enemy shows up as the sons of God in Genesis 6, you know, the, um, the watchers. Then, uh, you know, he comes, there's various places where he attacks um, the children of God, the, the patriarchs, the, and then we move into the Gospels, where we really see the, the the heat get kicked up. Where Jesus, for example, dealt with legion—that's uh, two thousand demons 
in one spot. That was cool. in Mark 5, and, and in Mark uh, 9, he talks to the deaf and dumb, or deals with the deaf and dumb spirit. We, don't, we think these things are just, we think, oh, deaf and dumb, that's nothing. That's just autism. That's just, that's a condition. That's a, you know, uh, you know, medical illness or a mental illness or something. Um, we don't realize that these things have spiritual roots. Everything has a spiritual root. If it's, if it's evil, it's got a spiritual root that's from the, the darkness. Um, and you can you can you can always find it too if you just look. What's the lie? Go down, follow the lie, and you'll find. Got to dig it a little deeper. Dig it a little deeper, the, yeah. The, well, the and in, in Luke, he actually addresses the spirit of infirmity, and in one place, he rebukes a fever. I mean, that's not a medical. The doctor doesn't come into your hospital room and rebuke rebuke the fever or or an infection. I mean, maybe he should, but it would be nice. But anyway, that's. <laughs> but Jesus knew what he was really dealing with here, and so he rebuked it. Uh, in the Lord's Prayer, we referred to that already, delivers from the evil one. In John, he said, the rule of this world is coming, and he has nothing on me. That the rule of the, Jesus totally knew, he re- totally got this spiritual activity that was going on. So the Bible is full of it. As a matter of fact, um, if you'd ask me where, where Satan came from, he came from heaven. You know, yeah, yeah, everything yeah. came from heaven. Well, no, I thought, I thought, you know, Satan came from hell. No, no, no. He's not even gone there yet. He's not even been oh, there yet. Okay. I believe God has, has created hell for the devil and his angels and those who choose to go with him. But that is, they're they're still not actually there in hell yet. So a lot of people believe if they, if, they what, gi- if they give credence to Satan, if they say believe that reality is Satan, mm-hmm. that he was originated in hell. But you know, as no. you pointed out uh, in uh, several scriptures, yeah. Well, one of the most telling of all, and this is the one that um, people need to understand, is Jesus was there, uh, and he gives um, his testimony in, uh, let's see, where is it? Luke Luke chapter 10, verse 18, he says, um, I saw Satan as lightning falling from heaven. So he he actually was there, and I believe, um, behold, I, let's see, 10, 18, yeah. He says, and I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. And, and, and you know, in Revelations chapter um, 12, he says, and war broke out in heaven. And Michael, there was, that's where the battle was. I believe that's in Revelations 12. They're going back to re, re-look at or re, uh, uh, review what happened in heaven in chapter 12 when it says, um, verse 7, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So that great, the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, and he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, so cast out, cast into the world, um, had no place in heaven, uh, they couldn't. They couldn't abide in heaven anymore. It doesn't mean I think Satan still goes up there once in a while, um, to like he did with Job in that situation when God says, "Where have you been?" He says, "Going to and forth in the earth." Um, so obviously, there's a place where he can. Maybe it's the vestibule of heaven. I don't know if he actually gets into heaven, but he was able to bring a discussion about Job uh, when God was actually started the, the whole campaign. By saying, have you seen my righteous servant Job? And the devil was very angry, very jealous. And he says, yeah, right. 
well, you give him everything, you know, if you just let me test him, I'm sure I can prove to you he does not love you uh, because he's just, you just bought him with your love. Now, God never tests the devil like that. And he says, well, you bought all these people. Let me test you. But Satan is just, you know, he's always on the, um, on the offensive trying to bring, uh, well, he's trying to dis, uh, cause God to look bad in our eyes to discredit him. What was the thought uh, and the ambition of Satan? What were the thought, well, thoughts and ambition of Satan that got him in trouble, that got him kicked out of heaven? Well, we have to go back to Ezekiel and Isaiah. They're very interesting scriptures. Let's start um, with Ezekiel 28, verse 12. These are kind of buried in that Old Testament section of those prophets, but it's very interesting. Um, you, it, it doesn't say Satan, but it says in uh, verse 12, Son of man, um, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, in the garden of God. Now, we know that this is where Satan was. He yeah. says, Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the, sa- the sa- sapphire, the turquoise, the emerald, with the gold. The workings of your timbrels and pipes were prepared for you on the day that you were created. Now, we know he's created. Light and music. Music and bright. Be- and what do we have today in our rock concerts and all of our concerts? Oh, we have a caller. Let's. Let's. Uh... Go ahead. Hi, Marge. This is Bob. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, uh, listening again here and interesting. Uh-huh. Um, I might have missed it, but did you read Ezekiel twelve nine? Did you just read that? I'm in I'm the middle sure. of reading that. Yeah, it's, and in yeah. verse fourteen, he says, "You were the anointed cherub who covers." He says, "I established you. You were on the ho- on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways." From the day you were created, till iniquity was found in you, and doesn't that isn't that just shocking? Um, he was he had it all, <laughs> he mm-hmm. had it all, and it wasn't enough. He wanted one more thing. He wanted to be like God, and um, that's where I think we can go to uh, Isaiah. He has some very interesting scriptures too. Um, but I'll read those, and then you can hang on and give me your questions. Says uh, Isaiah fourteen nine. Um, we go, he says, um, hell, hell from beneath is excited about you. To meet you at your coming, it stirs up the dead for you, the chief ones of the earth. That's that's Isaiah four, uh, 14, starting with 9. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Um, verse 12, your pomp is brought down to Sheol, and the sound of your stringed instruments, again, we're cross-referencing to Ezekiel with the pipes and his sounds of instruments. The maggot is spread under you, and the worms cover you. How are you fallen from heaven? Going back to Revelations. O Lucifer, son of the morning, back to the witness of Jesus and and Luke. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit in the mount of the congregation. Here, here Here we come with the I am and I will. On the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. So I will, I will, and I will. Um, so, yes, you were going to say something about 
Pardon me? You're breaking up on me here. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, are you there, Bob? Bob, did you have a question? Yeah, I can hear now. Okay, did you have a question or comment? Oh, I don't, I don't have a, really have a question, but I was just listening to all of it, and it's interesting because where I see Satan is in, I mean, everything goes back to Genesis. So it's, mm-hmm. there he is in Genesis as a serpent. He's called a serpent there. Mm-hmm. In Revelation 12, I believe it's 12, 9, mm-hmm. calls, it says the serpent, only it says the devil also, you know. The dragon, yeah. The dragon, the serpent, the devil. It yep. names them all in Revelation twelve nine there, that he was cast out of heaven, mm-hmm. and that's why I. Uh, someone asked the question. I was at a meeting one time, and the guy, the minister asked the question. Do you know why that God's going to have to make a new heaven and a new earth? Well, he's got to make a new. Well, I asked the question. Why does God have to create a new heaven? Because Satan defiled part of it when he sinned against God. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be that, or it could be, I mean, I don't know if we know all the reasons why God's going to create a new heaven, except there are several heavens right now. There's the first heaven, which is basically our atmosphere. There's the second heaven referred to. That's where kind of the the planets and the constellations are. And then there's the third heaven where God is. And um, I don't know if, if which one of those is going to be recreated or all of them. I think that's probably a little beyond our uh, our need to understand. I think right now the most important thing to understand is that the devil is, um, you know, he says, I will be as God. And I believe he has an agenda that has never changed. He has an ambition. He has an ego uh, that he will be. He wants to be our savior. He wants to answer prayers. He wants our worship. He wants blood. He wants, you know, us to acknowledge him as as the you know the the all powerful one, um, and so he sets up situations constantly to cause us to have to come to him if we want to, uh, and he will solve our problems by usually giving us another problem. But nonetheless, he wants to be God, and that's his agenda from now to the to the end. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, see, and the thing yeah. is too, he wants this earth. He, he he knows he cannot create anything himself except a mess, and so he has to keep this earth. But what he's trying to do, what Satan is trying to do right now, is purge the earth. And it's interesting that a lot of God's people are also trying to purify or purge the earth to prepare the way for the king of kings. They think that we have to get the earth ready for Jesus to come back, and that is absolutely the opposite of what is true. The truth is Jesus is going to come back into a terrible mess. And he says, when he was here, am I really going to find any faith when I get back? Because it's going to be like if these days were not short and even the very elect would be deceived. And so I don't see how in the world we're going to, you know, make the straight places, uh, the crooked places straight and lower the mountains and raise the hills and make a nice path for him. And, and we have the green gospel and everybody's happy and being good. We've tried that for, you know, 6,000 years and it's really not worked. It is not going to work anytime soon. So the only thing we can do is allow the kingdom of God to come completely into our own lives, into our, our own particular personal lives, our hearts, our minds, our souls, be transformed by the renewing of the, of, the, of the word of God so that the kingdom of God will find its place prepared in you when he gets here. It's not going to be a big church effort. It's going to be an individual. And as we join together, the remnant will come together in a, in a unity uh, and, a, and a looking up, if you will, for the coming of the king. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, anything yep. else? That's that's. Uh, I appreciate your call. And uh, you well, anything it's else funny you want to add? Because you started when you started out talking here, it was kind of interesting. You 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 were talking about emotions and and and, and responding to things, you know, according to your yeah. our, our soul. And yeah. I I just got this and I well I just wrote this down the at 5:30 a.m. Uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. I wrote this down. Try not to respond according to your emotions or the lies of the enemy, mm-hmm. i.e. fear. Always respond to the situation according to God's word. What does mm-hmm. God say? What does that's God exactly, say? That's exactly, exactly yeah. right. I wrote that down, and then you guys were talking about that, so that's just <laughs> like a glove. Okay, yeah, that's a confirmation. And I want to share a couple more things. Here's another one that the Lord gave me. He said, um, depression is oppression turned inside out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because oppression, it's inside. I'm inside sorry. De- depression is oppression turned inside out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he he gave me this a while back. He said, "You will never sin, contrary to the desires of your flesh, which equals so your soul, words, mind, emotions, and will." Yes. yes. So, right. in other words, if you're listening to your emotions, the appetites of the of the flesh, the needs, the vulnerabilities, and uh, I want and I need. If you look to the devil f- to solve those needs, fill those needs, those vacancies and voids, you will sin because you'll take the devil's solution. If you look to the Lord, I mean, the need is not bad in itself. The need to, to have food or love or meaning or purpose or uh, James talks about um, those vulnerabilities. And he, we're not bad because we have them. We're, we're weak, not evil, not depraved, but we're weak. And in that weakness, we become vulnerable. And I know that the Lord knows that. And he takes all these right. matters into consideration. But in James 4, uh, 1, 14, he says, But each one is tempted, as you said, when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Mm-hmm. Do not be, be deceived, my beloved brethren. So when, when you're hungry and you take the devil's solution and go steal a piece of bread, rather than wait for you know, God either to provide it for you or someone to give it to you through the, the hand of the Lord, uh, or you, know, you go get your love needs met through your own flesh or the devil's solutions, then you become, you've, you've just married the devil's solution, you've just given birth to sin. Um, mm-hmm. Having the need is not the sin, it, it makes you vulnerable. Just like right. the little fish, being hungry makes it more vulnerable to being caught. It's not a bad fish because it's hungry. It's just a hungry fish. And it's fine if everything is done properly. But if you have a fisherman out there who's a deceiver, then that little fish easily get caught and be in trouble. And that's exactly what happens in our world. You know, there's the, 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 the devil is out there fishing for souls just like Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peter says he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So his, his goal... Uh, according to Jesus, is to steal, kill, and destroy. Absolutely. Steal. He's never veered from that. Yeah, that, that's his plan. He hides it. He blames others. He makes God look bad, but he's never veered from his own agenda. Right, right. And, and the thing is, too, um, he can't really hurt God, but you know, if you want to hit, hurt someone that has children, that loves those children, you hurt those children, that's how you get at the get at the parents. Mm-hmm. And that's what he is doing. Satan is just out to destroy and deceive and wreck mm-hmm. every one of God's 
uh, every human being he can. Yeah, absolutely. And he does it through that division and deception, basically. Um, if you look at what he's how he plots, he uses usually sets division, sets us up in opposition to ourselves, um, and he gets us to be in at war with the, the flesh between the flesh and the spirit. And that debate is like you said. Then you need to ask the question: Who am I listening to, or who's talking to me? If it's the Holy Spirit talking to you, you, like you said, you'll be listening to the Word of God. You'll be comforting yourself in the Word. People don't realize that when you're super tested, you know, and, and you know, believe it or not, you know, especially if you're going to go after the devil, you're going to get a little super tested, um, or if you're doing anything that the devil considers dangerous to his kingdom. You, there are several things you can do. You can go into the Word of God. You can start reading it immediately if you can, or begin to quote it, memorize it, bring it forth from your spirit as you, if you don't, you know, driving or something, or you can listen to something. Or you can begin to pray in tongues, uh, praying in the Holy Spirit, taking authority. You can just simply in English say, you know what, devil? No, you're not. I am on to you. This is not going to happen. You shut up. You know, I will not. No, I won't. Get out of here. Stuff like that, you know, the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And a lot of people don't, you know, that goes back to his elusiveness. Um, it's a great advantage when, you know, we're being suffocated or asphyxiated and don't even have a clue that there's a danger. And that's what I think goes on a lot in spiritual warfare. People don't realize how um, they don't even, uh, they don't, you know, oh, you just blame the devil for too much stuff. Oh, he can't be that bad. He can't, you know, he, he, he why can't we blame the devil for everything that's evil out there? Do you think Jesus did it? Do I want to do it? No, did few people do it? Yes, but why did they do it? They were listening to the lies of the evil yeah, one. Being, being deceived. Yeah. Being yeah. deceived. So, uh, you know, you said, you talked before, where he sets us up in opposition to ourselves. Yeah. We're in Second Timothy chapter yeah. 2, verses 24 through 26. There's the thing. So we're yeah. in opposing ourselves. Yeah. And it's very... Um, difficult to function if you're in opposition to yourself. Well, that's like, I think that's what you're referring to a little bit, Bob, too, is about the, the, the depression, oppression, suppression, all of the, the, the things that come into our minds, our souls to beat us up, thoughts, feelings, you know, maybe the words of other people, maybe past experiences, all been programmed into us for that particular purpose. And what the Holy Spirit is doing is, um, is uh, working uh, out Christ's salvation in us through the truth. And so as you read the word, you say, wait a minute, I am not an idiot. No, I'm not stupid. I, God couldn't have made me stupid because he made me in his image. And we reject the lie, cancel it out. This is a very simple spiritual warfare. is about two things, agreement and authority. You just uh, recognize what the lie is and, and disagree with it, cancel it out, and declare the truth. Um, so that will help you when you're feeling, I am depressed or I feel depressed, I'm sick, I don't feel good today, I'm getting a cold today. Um, nobody loves me today. I hate my job. Whatever kind of things are coming out of your mouth, just be brave enough to say, who's talking to me? Instead of getting defensive or getting upset with the person who might have, you know, um, uh, you know, crossed you the wrong way or something. Just say, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Where's that attitude of mine coming from? Um, and God will give you grace to see it. I believe that's we need eyes to see and ears to hear what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So does that help you out, Bob? We hope you're still listening. Thank you for calling. That's great. Yeah, thanks, okay. Bob. Yeah. You Appreciate bet. your call today. Yeah. Appreciate your call Very today. Much. Very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, sir. Um, but one of the things that um, 
is really going to help us in all this uh, is uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And this is, um, he says, I beseech therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable servants. That reasonable service, some translations translate that, which is your spiritual worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there is a transformation mm-hmm. that we need um, that will happen as our minds are renewed. So our whole our whole way of thinking has to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, it, and so so we are thinking God's thoughts. So we need, in other words, we need to be deprogrammed from the lies of the yeah, enemy and absolutely. reprogrammed with the truth of God. Mm-hmm. That is the process of discipleship. Isn't, yeah. isn't that the basic yeah. process of what we call discipleship or spiritual growth? Yeah, Christians? sanctification too and deliverance. Deprogram from the lies of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Reprogram I think, with the Word of God, I th- yeah. the truth. I think if Paul would have had that word, that he could have used that word and used the computer language that we have today, he would have had a, had a lot easier time of explaining it, or at least we would have understood it a lot better. Hey, let's take a commercial break. Let's do it. I got a good idea. How about it? The heavens shook. Good... Satan fell. The war in heaven was ended, but the war on earth had just begun. I dare you to let me test them. Would you test them to find fault with me? Or let them choose for themselves whom they will serve. Perfect disguise. So subtle, and yet alluring. <laughs> you will be more like him. That is why he has marked it as separate. More like him? Mm-hmm. Here. Delicious. Uh, You see, nothing to fear. But I am afraid of one thing. Oh, what is it, my darling? What about Adam? Adam, where are you? Adam. You lied to us. It's time you all suffer like he made me suffer. Those two are guilty, and they will pay. Unless one can be found who is willing to pay the penalty for them. I demand my rights to a fair trial to determine my rights. You shall have your trial in the very hearts and souls of those you so freely seek to destroy. Them judge this matter. Let the accused become the judge, and the judge become the accused. Hey, that is a three minute sample of God on Trial. Um, and you can purchase that at our website, liferecovery.com. It's a great opportunity to, it's almost like a tract, an evangelistic story uh, that's, you know, it's dramatized, uh, like in the old days of the radio dramas. And 
Uh, we go through, we're going to go through the whole um, Old Testament uh, at, with God on trial as we see as we go through the episodes. This was just episodes one through three, a couple of excerpts. But that Satan has actually pulled God into court and is charging him with criminal neglect of the universe, abusive use of power, and conflict of interest. And as he's bringing his witnesses to testify against God, we're seeing some of those obscure uh, Old Testament characters that have a bone to pick with God. Uh, we've, we've got Cain, we've got Nimrod, we've got Lot's wife, we've got um, Noah who got impeached because uh, the, the prosecution tried to use him to um, present God, the, insanity, the insanity of the deluge, exactly. But um, So you're well, and that's a great, this, these are evangelistic, they're educational, they're inspirational, um, and I can tell you that kids love them. Uh, so if you are part of this, want to be part of this, just check it out. We have, we're up to, I think, episode 13 is done, all the way up to Lot's wife. Uh, at least her, uh, she's being brought before the prosecution, and she's about to be uh, speak to the defense. But anyway, good good stuff. Um, yeah, it's opening arguments, mm-hmm. God on trial. God on trial. And this really, Marjorie, really gives people an accurate biblical uh, kind of behind-the-scenes understanding mm-hmm. of Satan and his devices. Paul said we are not ignorant of his devices, yeah. and this really shows in a in a, in a biblically accurate mm-hmm. yet in a, you know in, in, in an entertaining dramatic way yeah how this operates yeah and you you know you've taken you know, some creative. Uh, uh, license license in there but not really uh, but not really because it's true to the word of god and it's kind of like how it could happen how it can happen and how it actually does well happen. when you when you know uh, you understand how people respond and the emotions and that sort of thing it's not that hard to think about what they would say and right. then uh, also in that that whole um uh, series we're doing a whole thing where jesus is also present on the earth he appears as the baby in bethlehem and he's moving through uh, his earthly ministry as a kind of a sub-story to that first story. So you get really a, uh, this takes them all the way up to the cross. So there's, uh, it's a very open, it's opening arguments is the subtitle of it, God on Trial, Opening Arguments. And uh, it, please uh, join us in in listening to it, getting it for Christmas presents, whatever you want to do. Um, it is delightful and it's fun if you're driving some distance. Each episode is 30 minutes long. Um and each episode is, I think, five bucks, but we have four of them on a, on a CD, so that's twenty dollars for four episodes. Which you really, uh, I don't think you're ever going to find a better deal than that, you know. But no. anyway, that's my thought. Very good. Go Very back to your questions, my dear. Okay. Well, now, what about? Uh, are there any the deception? Yeah. Uh, in treachery, yeah. you know that this is what he operates in. Deception and treachery. In other words, deception is something. Well, it looks like something, but it's really something. Something. One else, thing is, yeah. but it's really something else. Well, and and that's the and same treachery. way with uh, the deception and the division, and they both work together. So he uses the lie to convince Divide you. Divide and conquer. To convince you to be, to believe the lie or to agree with the, with his agreement. For example, he makes you feel stupid. He makes you feel sick. He makes you feel oppressed. He makes you feel something. And then you automatically come into agreement with I am. And the minute you come into an agreement with I am, you have come into an agreement with it. And it becomes the operating privileges you've just given him to beat you up. 
And, and we, then, of course, it, your soul is up in, set up in opposition to your spirit because there's a debate going on between I should have and what God says. God says I'm okay. But the soul says, I'm no, I don't feel okay with being okay because I've never been okay before and I'm not used to being okay, so I can't be okay. Because the mind isn't, doesn't know anything for sure except one thing, and that is that it can't know anything for sure. So it never lets you are for sure about anything, whereas your spirit man knows stuff. So when you hear your, my, your mind or your mouth say, I know, you're actually listening to your spirit. When you, uh, when you hear your mouth say, I think or feel, you're listening to your soul. So Satan actually works with our feelings. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, people, they think their feelings are sacred. Feelings are so un, unexplored. You don't know where they came from. You know, feelings can go up and down. You can be happy in the morning. You can, you know, by 1030, your blood sugar is low and you're feeling moody. By 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you're in the basement. After supper, you feel good again. It's just like up and down and up and down. It, it relates to chemicals, blood sugar, neurotransmitters, body frequencies, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's funny how people can't understand they can't give themselves a little more grace in all of this and understand, you know what, that's the enemy, you know, manipulating my, uh, my, my feelings. So what, what this amounts to is that, that we are, as human beings, in the midst of a great spiritual warfare. Oh, my goodness. For our souls. Yeah. You know, like we talked about Rescue Radio, the reason we have Rescue Radio, and we say yeah. at the end, in the intro, in the conclusion, because there's a war for your soul. Yeah. So... How can we, I mean, are we just at the mercy of this warfare? Are we, are we just victims? Mm-hmm. No. Do we, how do we deal with this well, if we're in the midst of this constant thing? What, what can we, well, uh, what number can one, we do? How Jesus Christ thrive? is our deliverer, and he has ah, delivered us. He yes. has finished the work. It's already done. Good news. It's done. I don't know what you're sweating. He's got it taken care of. But the thing is, he wants us to appropriate it, okay? Um, it's like I've told people many times. You know, when, when Jesus died on the cross, if he would have put a million dollars in your bank account, and he says, it's yours, use it, you're going to need it, you know, I don't want you to live on the streets, you know, I've got all this for you, you can invest it, make it work for you. And people never go to the bank, they never draw out on it, they never write a checkout, they never use it. Then they live like paupers and they think God's mean. This, this grace thing that God has given us, he says, I've given you healing, deliverance. But there's one caveat to all that, and that is the truth. Jesus said in uh, John eight thirty four five and 6, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So truth equals freedom. The devil is a liar. Jesus tells the truth. Truth equals freedom, and opposite of truth is lies. So lies equal bondage. So this, sim- this is all simple. It doesn't have to be complicated and try to figure it out and, and, and you know, use your emotions to try to figure out what's going on. It's truth equals freedom. Lies equal bondage. Bondage equals lies. If you're in bondage to anything, whether it's irritation, bad attitude, uh, upset stomach, or a hangnail, or bad, you know, an accident, you are prone to act. You're believing a lie. The question is, well, what lie? And the lie may be something so simple as, you know, I'm used to it. It is what it is. Nothing ever changes. Uh, nothing ever changes for me. Um, just simple things like that that give the devil permission to do it over and over and over. Instead of you saying, you know what? The Bible says old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. I'm a new creature. No devil. You're not going to ruin my life with poverty or with bad luck or with bad attitudes or with bad friendships. No, you're not. 
And you you just let the Lord hold on to you. It's not just us holding on to God. It is God carrying us. So you said, no, truth equals freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, what exactly is truth? Is there such a thing? I'm kind of giving you a multifaceted question here. Oh, multiple choice. Okay. What, uh, what is truth? Is there such a thing as absolute truth? And what so many people are thinking today is that I kind of make up my own truth. Okay. What's true for you is not necessarily true for me. We all kind of arrive at our own truth and operate. So therefore we have mishmash, we have nothing. Yes, there is truth. The truth is not uh, an opinion. The truth is a person. It's Jesus Christ. He said, I am the truth. Don't try to change that around and make it something else. He's the truth. He knows the truth, and that's good news for you because most of the time you don't even know the truth. And a lot of times you're even believing lies about yourself when the devil wants you to believe you're bad and God says she's okay. You know? So um, so it, it, it's the truth, and it's not the, – the truth has to be absolute in order to be the truth because if it's like a chair, I can move it here, you can move it there, we can sit it there, we can do it – it's not anything. It's not anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just a, a, I don't know. It's nothing. It's, it doesn't work as truth. It doesn't work as a standard. For example, if we're building a house and I have a tape measure and my tape measure says there's 36 inches in a in a yard, and you have a tape measure that says there's 48 inches in a yard, and we're going to make this house four yards long or whatever, you know your yard, your house is not going to be the same size as my house. And if we're both building it together, we're going to have corners that don't fit. They don't come together. There has to be a standard, and that standard is the universal truth of Jesus Christ. That's it. If, you, you, if you're foolish enough to believe that what you believe to be true is true because you believe it's to be true, you're set up for a big disappointment. Get into the Word. It is true. God does not lie, cannot lie. The Word is the Word. Every part of that Word is going to come to pass the things we just understand, the things we don't. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put in a little commercial here tonight. Um, it says in the last days and a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the blood moons. Yes. And um, uh, that the, 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 all the, the, the stars, the constellations, the moon, the sun, they're going to start speaking to us, so to speak, with their, um, their eclipses and their, their tetrads and their colors and da-da-da-da-da. Well, tonight, um, the stars are falling from heaven uh, it's actually between what did you say midnight and four? Yeah, I, I think it was last night. We've been Monday the twentieth, and then tonight is twenty first of 21st October. First of October, two thousand fourteen. Uh, the stars are falling. Meteor showers. A meteor shower, uh, yeah. especially visible, and they're uh, from the report I have. They're going to be quite visible, good visibility mm-hmm. in in this part of the Midwest where we are. So. Uh, and Showers it's interesting that these these space maybe debris. space debris meteorites or from the comet Haley are coming from the constellation Orion. And for those of you who know about Orion, Orion is another name for Nimrod, which is the constellation that kind of is usually overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I'm not saying anything except that that's what's happening. It's kind of unusual. It doesn't happen every night. Um, God is true. When he said the sun, the moon, the stars, they're going to not give their light. They're going to do this. They're going to fall from heaven. Um, and this isn't the first time these things have happened, obviously. But God can be trusted. 
He knows the truth. He knows your heart. He knows who you are. He knows who the devil has created you to think you are. Um, and that's called the strong man. We haven't even got to the strong man, so maybe tomorrow or next time we can do another yeah. well, treatment well, on this. You know, you, you said that uh, spiritual warfare is defined by agreements and authority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is, is that a sort of the way that we are programmed? No, uh, that's just the rules. Agreements? That's just the rules. This is technical legalities. This, okay. th- there's a court in heaven, and there's truth. There's a witness stand of truth. Um, your body was created by God. You were created by God to know the truth. And the spirit of God in you bears witness with the truth. And so because God, we resonate with God, we're created by God to recognize the truth, that truth is in us. And so when we make an agreement like, like Eve did, we make an agreement with a lie, any lie like um, I'm stupid or whatever, because the devil will counterfeit. He's a counterfeiter, imitator. He will counterfeit everything that God has. He will counterfeit love. He will counterfeit joy, safety, success, acceptance, holiness, peace. He'll counterfeit the word of God. He counterfeits friendship. Everything that we think of and want as good and holy and right, the devil will give you an imitation of it. And in that imitation, if you agree with the imitation, too bad for you, you just believed a lie. And so some of the lies we're believing are in falling for those counterfeits. Other Others are just blatant old ruts that we're in and programming that we're going to have to ask the Lord to show us the truth because it's the truth when, for example, you're terrified and you're alone and, you're in, and the enemy comes in and he offers to take care of you. And as a protector, he comes to teach you how to be strong or uh, be, be the bully or be tough or whatever. And he's taking you on, um, to that place where he's going to protect you. Then what happens is you're believing a lie and it's not God's protection. And so now you're bound by the, the, the one who's protecting you, who's an evil one. He's protecting you? You think so? Really? I don't think so. So anyway, we have to realize that when we're coming into agreement with these lies, a lot of times we don't re- recognize them as lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty simple. Okay. Um, well, we've, we've covered a lot of things here tonight mm-hmm. uh, with regarding Satan. What and, and there's much more we could talk yeah. about, and maybe, you know, we can... Well, let me tell you a little bit about some resources we have on this subject. Um, I've, we have two things that we've put together. One is a video. Actually, uh, it's about, I think, 40, 50 minutes long, or 60 minutes long, something like that, called Who is the Devil? And it's, it's very interesting. It's kind of a documentary. Um, we actually went to the streets of some of our local towns where they, you know, uh, one Halloween or one fall evening and and asked the, the the people if they would show up and be on camera to talk to us about who they the devil was it was interesting a couple of the guys you know these guys had you know partied with the devil i think they they said you know he's your best friend he'll give you whatever you want uh and you bet he will for a little while so they were they were giving us a very positive look at who the devil was and there was some that were interviewed that actually had been uh, partaken in uh, sacrifices, human sacrifices, animal sacrifices. And um, so that was part of what we found in just digging a little deep, not even scratching the surface of the street in the local just, town. Just yeah. going out on the street with a camera yeah. and a microphone. Right, exactly. And so that's part of that. That's Who is the Devil? That's a, 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 a DVD. 
And then we also have a workbook that goes with that, and that is called, again, Who is the Devil? And that will give you a lot of opportunities to study through this whole thing uh, with questions, answers, opportunities to ponder uh, situations. Great for students, great uh, for – it's not scary. A lot of people, when uh, we first did the documentary, they say, oh, that's so scary. You know? Well, I'll tell you what, the things, you know, people watch in the theater, oh, my goodness. horror movies, that that, that's, that's what's freaky. This is true. And and really, I recommend. I mean, really for anybody, mm-hmm. especially for young people, uh, yeah, young adults. I say, you know, children. Uh, These are really reasonable too. We're talking like fifteen bucks for the manual, fifteen yeah, bucks yeah. for the video. And, it, and they're so creative. And they, what I like about the manual, Margie, is it has pictures in it. Oh yeah. So I I I can. Yeah, it's it, got lots of picture, lines and places to write and, and it's, yeah. Very it's, funny. It's very, very good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it'll. It, it, it actually a, follows along the video, too. Yeah, yeah. So you can use that as There's a resource. A study guide. In your uh, youth group, uh, Sunday school class. Yeah. Um, LifeRecovery.com. Have people over for a Who is the Devil Night? Maybe you could do it on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great alternative yeah, yeah. for Halloween. Just invite people over. Mm hmm. Oh, this is an inspired Yeah, idea. I think we should invite do this. people over to your house, <laughs> some high school kids or some, you know, middle school kids, and say, "Hey, we're going to have a Who Is the Devil night at our house and serve hot chocolate and popcorn and watch the movie." Uh-huh. And and you don't have to you don't get through the whole workbook, but mm-hmm. there's an idea for Halloween alternative. Yeah, but you know, learn the truth. A lot of people, I tell you what, though, you brought up something. A lot of our believers are very afraid. Of the devil, they want to stay away. Even even the title of God on trial. A lot of people, when we were you know kind of um, bringing this out to one of the uh, local conventions, uh, Christian fairs, they were afraid to talk to us because they're who? What is this for? God or against God? God on trial. And of course, the same with the devil. I mean, this we make it scary looking, sort of, not really. Because we want to address or attract people who might need to understand this. But a lot of our people are so sheltered, it's not even good. That's not a safe kind of sheltering because you don't know. You know, if we talk next week about this, we talk, okay, what do we do now? Okay, what are we going to do now that we know he's here? And we haven't talked yet about the good news about where he's going either. But um, in the, in the, ultimately, we're going to have to know our, our authority. We're going to have to not ignore the problem. Uh, we're not. We're going to have to um, get prepared. We're going to have to know how to stand, and having done all to stand against the powers and principalities. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. Well, that's it. When when you know who you are in Christ, that's right. When you know, you know, you belong to Him, mm-hmm. and you know your power and authority, mm-hmm. and you know the the absolute. Surpassing greatness, wonderful sweetness of God, of God yeah, the and love. His mm-hmm. power and His grace. Then you can operate without without, without fear. fear. Mm-hmm. Her love casts not, out fear. Yeah. So if those people are afraid, they don't yet understand the powerful love of Jesus. And just because you don't quite feel the love of Jesus all the time, you know, maybe there's a difference between feeling and knowing. Remember, you know that Jesus Christ loves you. You know he has defeated the enemy. Sometimes you feel all beat up. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you think because all that stuff could be programmed in garbage and it could be uh, like viruses in your operating software. So you you really, I'm, I'm not saying don't pay attention when your body, you know, is telling you don't walk because you just broke it. I'm saying 
don't give place to the lies, to the fear, to the counterfeits. Ask the Lord always. He's with you forever, in you by the Holy Spirit. He knows to do. The problems you are having are not yours, and that's your only problem. Your only problem is that you think all those problems that you're having, those severe difficulties, are yours. They're not. They are God's problem. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And I want to just thank uh, Jerry tonight for being such an awesome interviewer, for giving me opportunity to talk about this. Yeah. Well, well uh, thank you for your kind uh, comment there. Could I read, and then maybe Margie, you could just close in prayer okay. for our listeners. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I have uh, really good news, bad news for the devil. Mm-hmm. I think he knows that this is, is where he's going. Yeah, I know. Bad news for the devil. Good news for us. Great news for us. And this is just one verse I'm going to read: Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10. Mm-hmm. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Mm, so you he answer. is toast. He's crisp toast, burnt uh, toast. And you know, that is a, that's a good way to answer the last question. Where is he going? We know where he ends up and we don't want to end up with him there and we will not if we have Jesus Christ. So, Father, we thank you for salvation. We thank you, Jesus, for coming down here to rescue us out of this fiery mess, out of this pit of serpents and this brood of vipers, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you loved us so much that you came, you died on the cross, you rescued us. We are yours. And Lord, we thank you for each one who knows you, those who are about to learn about you and to be lifted up out of that through your salvation and deliverance. And we thank you, Lord God, for keeping each one who's here, those who are listening, those who will be listening. Lord God, may you just Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and an awesome week to see and experience your tender mercy, your loving kindness, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name as we go forward, as we stand and having done all to stand. Amen. Thank you for listening. Yep. Thank and, you so much. Yes, and we'll probably talk about more of this next week. Yep. Bye-bye. Uh, God's best to you. Bye. I have an emergency. What is your location? 